So I'm a construction manager for, for the, our joint venture um, for the Sydney Metro Tunnels and Station Excavation Project. So we're constructing um, twin tunnels between Chatswood and, at the north and Marrickville at the south um, for the next section of the Sydney Metro. Uh, so twin 15 and a half kilometre tunnels uh, stretching, as we said, from Chatswood to Sydney or Marrickville in the south there, passing beneath Sydney Harbour and the CBD. We excavate uh, dive structures at Chatswood and Marrickville to join into the existing network. We have six underground stations, or six stations, three of those underground at, at Fick Cross, Martin Place at Pitt Street, and open stations at Barangaroo, Waterloo and Crow's Nest, with a crossover cabin at Barangaroo. We're also setting up um, the precast facility at Marrickville for the, for the fabrication of 99,000 precast segments. And we also uh, were novated the demolition contract for um, all the buildings on the station along the alignment. So our board tunnels on the Sydney Metro project, um, we're utilising tunnel boring machines for those mainline tunnels. Um, we launched two TBMs from Chatswood They'll excavate 6.2 kilometres through to Blues Point, where we have a temporary retrieval shaft. Uh, they're a hard rock double shield TBM, and they'll be passing through about 90% sandstone and about 10% shale just at the uh, commencement of their drive. Uh, we have a slurry TBM for the under harbour drives, so that passes from Barangaroo through to that temporary retrieval shaft at Blues Point. Um, it'll do that that crossing twice, um, recovered from Blues Point and taken back. It's about 80% sandstone and with about 140 metres in, in soft grounds made up of clays and sediments. Uh, and uh, our remaining uh, two TBMs come from Marrickville in the south through to Barangaroo. Again, um, double shield hard rock machines. They've got just over eight kilometres to do each. And again, uh, a similar amount of 90% um, sandstone, a little bit of shale down at the Marrickville end. Um, I guess we're conscious of uh, the different rock types um, and the different silica contents that those different rock types have. I guess um, the key sources of silica that, um, that we see in tunnelling and in this project, um, firstly in the host rock disturbance, um, two, two real sources of that in, in the in the works that we're doing, um, tunnel boring excavation, and also in our cross passage mine tunnel excavation. Uh, our other significant um, source of silica is from other operations occurring behind the face. So um, all of our spoil is transpo transported out of the tunnel using conveyor belts. Um, so that's a dust generating operation and also our vehicle movements within those tunnels. I mentioned also that we're doing the, um, the, the precast yard. So um, all of our tunnels are lined with a precast concrete element. Um, so we, we do have repairs to those segments. Um, so the, the exposure during the drilling and grinding for those repair operations is, is another key source of silica. And I've, I've worked in uh, tunnelling in Sydney for coming up to my 20th year this year. Um, so a fair bit of exposure to silica. I do go to the, um, the dust board for my regular checkups, and, and fortunately, unlike some of my colleagues, I am clear. Um, but I guess you know we're continuing to work off um, of what we've done in the past. You know, and our statement is staying ahead of the game. And I guess that's really 
testament of what we're trying to do and learning off what we've done in the past. At Northwest Metro, um, we had pretty good levels of compliance, um, but we know there's always areas for improvement. And I guess today I just wanted to focus on uh, three key, four key areas that we've identified. Um, there's always many, many more, but uh, the four key areas we saw and I wanted to share with you um, of how we're trying to, to up that game. Um, so those four areas, TBM ventilation, cross-passage ventilation, some of the modifications we've made to plant and some of our concrete dust extraction um, ideas. So this is a schematic of a, of a tunnel boring machine. Um, at the left-hand end of the screen there is the front of the machine, so that's the cutter head. That first uh, 12 or 13 metres is what we call the shields. Um, within that section there is where we do the excavation and we also build that precast lining. Um, trailing along behind that we have the backup there generally around 150 metres long and that's where we house all the logistics of the machine and it's also where most of our workforce are stationed. Uh, and, and I'll point out some of the stations there because you'll see some of the significance in the next couple of slides. Um, at the front we have the ring builders, um, we have an operator in, in a cabin, um, next behind that is our, our grouters, um, other people on the, on the machine, uh, segment handlers unloading those segments. Um, we have service extensions at, towards the rear of the machine um, and we have deliveries in and out of that TBM. At Northwest Rail, um, ventilation set up there, um, fairly typical, um, fresh air supply from the surface into the rear of the machine. We used a, a flexible vent bag to do that. Um, so we were blowing fresh air um, from the surface um, that would then, then um, force under pressure and flow back out of the tunnel. Within the TBM itself, um, we, we allowed that air to flow through the machine. So direction of airflow was from the rear of the machine um, with some additional uh, fan assistance, but essentially the airflow forward through the machine um, to a dust extraction point at the front of the machine. We collected the dust from the cutter head um, and any other dust that was uh, created during the operations of the machine um, at the front of the machine there. Uh, so this graph here, I guess, is the exposure results. Um, so we did a lot of, like most people these days, we're doing a lot of monitoring of our work groups. Um, and you can see here, this really again lines up from the rear of the machine on the right-hand side to, to the front of the machine on the left-hand side of the page there. Um, the red dotted line is that is that a um, exposure standard. Um, so you can see towards the rear of the machine, we're, we're generally pretty good. Um, as we get into that ring builder, we're, we're, we're just exceeding. Um, our operator being in the cab again is in a, in a pretty good place. Um, and our ring builders at the front there um, are exceeding that limit. Um, those levels, I guess, compared to historically, are very good levels of compliance. Um, but obviously we were still very reliant upon our, um, our personal respiratory protection to ensure that those workers um, were, were, uh, were, their exposure was at safe levels. For, for Sydney Metro, um, we're fortunate enough to buy five new tunnel boring machines um, and have, have been able to incorporate some of the lessons um, from the last project into the specification of those machines. So I guess some of the uh, key changes we've made in, in those new TBMs, still relying on our fresh air supply from the surface via vent bag, um, but the changes we've made on the TBMs 
Um, dust extraction, we're actually doing that at two locations. So we've got dust extraction at the Cutterhead um, with a dedicated dust extractor. And we also have a second dust extractor at the conveyor transfer point. Um, they were the key, two key areas that we identified for generating dust um, and we were able to more efficiently um, extract from those two points with two standalone dust extractors rather than ducting between them. Uh, we've also um, reversed the airflow through the TBM. Um, so we now will we'll, uh, have forced ventilation from that incoming supply at, from the surface and um, force that ventilation through the machine and our airflow will now flow back through the TBM. Uh, we do believe these changes will, will reduce our exposure levels. Between the, um, between the two tunnels, um, we construct cross passages. Uh, there's 57 cross passages across this project, 49 standard and eight with sumps. Uh, those cross passages form the permanent uh, fire and life safety egress cross passages uh, in operational mode. Uh, those, those cross passages um, we will construct in parallel with our tunnelling operations, um, so behind the TBM, and, uh, and they'll involve what we can see a little bit in the picture there. So we'll open up the segment lining ring, um, excavate the host rock and, and construct it in situ lining. Uh, our method at, at Northwest Rail, um, a fairly common, commonly used method, um, small uh, hydraulic rock breaker on an excavator. Um, we had a, a mobile platform there to give us access to do the works um, and we have a dust extractor to collect that dust um, from those works. Uh, this photo here you can see is just at the commencement of one of those headings um, and, and as many of you will know, um, commencement of headings always forms a challenge for us to control our ventilation. Once that heading's established and we get in a little bit, we can get that vent can right to the face um, and our dust collection works a whole lot better. So that was a challenge for us. Um, at Northwest Rail, um, we did use different methods to try and um, contain that initial heading. Um, small brattices put in place. Um, again, a reliance on, um, on, on the P2 masks and, and a key awareness of, of who was out by. Obviously, the airflow is coming back from the TBM um, running up the tunnel, so, so any dust we're not able to control um, is, is, is flows back up the tunnel. I'll just point out in that photo, the, the yellow vent bag at the top there um, is, is all squeezed up in this photo. This photo was taken um, in a tunnel where we'd actually broken through to the next station box, so we were just blowing fresh air through the tunnel and no longer relying on that vent bag. Um, so what we've, uh, what we've been investigating um, for Sydney Metro um, is the use of something called a, a vortex air curtain. So our challenge, as I mentioned, we're trying to excavate these cross passages um, while we have tunnelling operations in front of us. So we need to be able to drive past um, on a very regular basis um, that cross passage excavation. So trying to build a... Um, a permanent bratus or some sort of wall in there to control that dust um, is always a challenge. So what we're what we're investigating here um, is the use of, of that of that compressed air to create a curtain um, that will essentially um, shroud that dust generation to allow the dust extractor to remove it 
um, rather than it getting blown back out of the tunnel um, and still allow vehicles and others to, to pass by that work location. Um, so it's a, it's a system yet to be proven, but um, we've, we've looked at it in, in similar applications um, and, and with a fairly high level of confidence that that'll work for us. Um, getting into some of the uh, some of the more simpler controls um, for the, the control of dust, um, tunnel vehicle movements in the tunnel um, are definitely dust creators. We do we do try and maximise our housekeeping, try and keep that material on the belt, but invariably from time to time, material does fall off as those vehicles travel up and down the tunnel. Um, just like on the surface, um, they can they can stir the dust up. So I guess some of the, the, the things we put in place there, we do have our housekeeping, um, we do have wetting down of the floors, but quite a simple um, but effective one is just the direction of the exhaust from the, the tunnel vehicles. On the right hand side there you can see one of our segment carriers, um, on the left is, is the backup of a TBM as it's passing through an uh, underground cabin, as a castle crossover cabin. So, just by pointing the exhaust up of those vehicles, the dust isn't created from the, the, the movement of the vehicles. They're travelling fairly slow, it's sort of 10 kilometres an hour, but that airflow coming out of the exhaust pointing down to the ground, um, we found created a, a lot of dust. So quite a simple thing to do, um, but in a bespoke vehicle there, we need to do that back with the manufacturer and best done um, prior, to, prior to fabrication. And then finally into, into the precast production. Um, as I said, we've got 99,000 segments to, to make for this project, um, all down at a bespoke plant at Marrickville that we've just set up um, and started production last week. During that production, um, we, will get, we will get some um, damage to segments, some defects to segments that do require um, repairs. And likewise, when we install those segments in the tunnel, um, we will have um, damage to those segments requiring repairs. Generally, the repair of that um, segments is done through through drilling and grinding. Um, so, so we we have the um, we do create dust during those operations. And I guess we're looking at, at two ways of controlling that exposure. Um, in the factory, we're looking at um, a segregated area. Um, with with a with a dust extraction device, um, so really trying to do that separately from the rest of our activities, um, and also extraction of source. So a lot of our drills and, and the like these days, um, you can get with the with the um, the dust extraction. Um, so trying to extract that at source rather than letting that become um, part of the, uh, the the larger atmosphere. Um, likewise, in the in the in tunnel repairs, that extraction at source. Um, is what we're what we're striving to achieve. So, which I guess all comes down to that: um, if we can reduce those exposure levels, um, we reduce that reliance on the on the personal respiratory protection, um, which is which is a higher level of control. Um, and as always, trying to administer and, and and get people to buy into that controls. If we've got the levels um, at a, a exposure at a level we know and we can control, um, then we eliminate that issue. Thank you.